Hello everyone, welcome to the Quampy Old Men. Yes, Quampy Old Men. You drag me here, Lucius Prince, back to record during another crisis. <laughs> That's right, I did too. I actually never thought about it. Every podcast we record seems to be during a crisis. An existential <laughs> one, a real one. Because the last crisis was the vote, of course, was the... The same-sex marriage, let's torture all the gays and lesbians and trans in the country, vote. That's correct. And though we won, I'm putting inverted won. commas. Yes. Yes. We were all traumatised and we had PTSD for about a year or two. All of us. <laughs> Some of us still are. <laughs> I look in the mirror occasionally and I rant. Oh, you see the trauma in your eyes. I see the trauma and the twitching in my eyes, <laughs> right? And then when I, I'm ranting, I'm ranting to the general heterosexual public saying, Fuck you! I know I'm normal. But it's like also like... What's thank, normal? Yeah. But it's also like, thanks for it anyway. <laughs> because... We were... <laughs> Because we got we got same sex marriage. We were relieved. I mean, was it two years ago or so? Yeah, you know, years. but still, I will never forgive what happened. No, no. The quampiness quamp you're hearing is from Sunny Inkerman. So I'd like to introduce Sunny Inkerman. I am Lucius Prince. I can explain. Oh, so tell me, explain to Lucius Prince. What does Lucius um, stand for, and where did you get that from? And Prince, where did it get that from? Um, well, Lucius is a cat I used to have. A very kind of, a very crabby cat. <laughs> oh, I love Crabby that. old cat, so it's very appropriate. And, uh, and Prince is, um, connected to my street name, so I really won't go too much into that detail. <laughs> but yeah, so, and what about Sonny Inkerman? Sonny was a dog. Gorgeous dog. Lovely, beautiful, blonde hair. A real twink. I mean... Like a pharaoh for also. Oh my God. <laughs> he was hot. And, um, and you had to open the door. So he wanted to go out, it would open the doors and leave the apartment. And Inkerman, well, that's where my first street, Inkerman, and um, if you are listening to this from Melbourne, you will know, particularly the eastern suburbs, where Inkerman Street is. Basically, let's explain what Quampy Old Men means, or Quampy means, because this is just in case um, people are uh, listening to this um, podcast for, for the, the first, first time. time. Yeah. Welcome, oh, oh Quampy Virgins. <laughs> Welcome to you all. Um, yes, well, Quampy Old Men was... Uh, Quamping or uh, quamping was a term I came up with to describe a queer, a queer older voice. And quamping itself is a queer gripe or a gripe or a grump or a opinion. I mean, we're a little bit opinionated. People are used to the, the term grumpy old man, so that's why it's a quumpy old man, so they sort of can put it together. We, we're helping, we're here to help you. Yes, we're all here understand. to help you in a quumpy kind of way. In a quumpy kind of way, yeah. exactly. I'm definitely in a quumpy In Quampervision. Quampervision! Yay! Yes. So, streaming in Quampervision today, we have a couple of topics for you. We won't reveal all of them, <gasps> but the first one we're having is we're talking about being COVID quampy quarantine queens. Oh my God, COVID. Isolation. ISO. ISO. Goodness gracious. I mean, in the past few months, again, another crisis. Now we have a, we'll have another PTSD episode that goes on for another few years. Over yeah. this. Well, it's not over yet. As we speak, there are riots in America. Yes. And that is understandable completely. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. Um, and there's going to be protests here because Black Lives Matter here. And, yeah, and there's one tomorrow. So basically, yeah, COVID-19. That was um, quite a, an, an experience. Um, mm. The um, first month. Don't you find that that was the roughest? Anyone I talked to, the first month of it was the roughest. It was such an atmosphere of fear, and it was just because, and it just sort of happened March, in March to to um, 
to end of April, pretty much. It was completely surreal. It was like we were watching a science fiction yeah. um, film. We were going through the supermarket together. Remember, we went to the yeah. supermarket together. Sunny Lucius. took me on a survivalist shop. <laughs> And it was weird. There was all this panicky looks yeah. in their eyes and empty shelves. And it was... Empty shelves. It was That's kind of like an cool. intro to a movie or... Uh, I kept on thinking of zombie films, you yes. know. I mean, that's what I was thinking. When are the zombies coming? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or the aliens. Yeah, yes. it was uh, it was pretty freaky. We didn't know that we were the aliens, really. <laughs> we are the aliens. <laughs> I don't mind it. Galians. We are the Galians. <laughs> but the thing about, I think, um, was really important for you and I, um, mm. Lucius, is that we were single. Queer. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so there was an element of... Uh, an understanding mm. of support for each other and yeah. keeping in contact with each yeah, other. Yeah, that was really good. We're not couples. We're no. single gay men yeah. in a situation where um, we, we're alone and in lockdown. Yeah, and and I have other friends that you know. We'll have to, we'll have to come up with euphemisms for them. <laughs> but it's, let's say Felicia. Felicia and Butch. <laughs> Felicia and Butch. And there's, there's single single gay men around our age as well. Felicia reminds me that she's younger than me. <laughs> I'm the older sister, even though she's, I was born in January and she was born in May. So, <laughs> What year were you born? <gasps> I shouldn't ask a lady that. 1967. 1967. You're a baby. Baby. I'm rushing towards my 60s. <laughs> rushing? Don't be No hurry. It's I'm not, not hurrying. hurrying. It seems to be pushing me fast. me behind you, you know. I'm not looking in my 60s. I look like I'm in my 30s, darling. All this work. This is the good thing about lockdown, basically. Yes. We can actually put acid on our faces and have red faces and no one will notice. No. Do our own home kit peels. I don't recommend this at home, you know. There are certain home kit peels we could use. Lemon juice, that's vitamin C, just rub all over your face. You, oh my, you've got sores on your face. Ow, it's going to hurt. Salt, salt rub. Yes, all these wonderful things. You just see. Look, I mean, thank goodness it's a podcast because <laughs> my face is completely red well, and, you look very and raw glittery. right now. You look very glittery and gorgeous anyway. <laughs> and I love your steel wool hair. It's just, it's glints in the moonlight. It's fantastic. I know, I oil it as well. All this... Self-love in well, lockdown. See, that's, an, that's a really important part, point. You know, the self-love or the self-care and the, and the attention because COVID cut everyone else out of our lives physically, really. And so I, I thought before, I, before it started, I was like, okay, Lucius, you've got a choice. You can either get depressed and watch Netflix the whole time or you can look after yourself and start to, you know, to clean and make your environment nice and do things that you, you really want to do. Like, self-care, self-love. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was very important. But also showing um, love for your friends as well. Yeah. And I felt it was important to make them laugh. To yeah. distract them from what's in their mind. Because this is a very inner feeling. It's basically yeah. an inner experience. We're actually faced with ourselves. It's mirrors. Now, I only say that because... I understand it mm. because I'm positive and when I was sick and I had no immune system mm. I was in lockdown for about a year that's right I was I gonna went, ask you about that yeah. yeah the only time I went out was to go to the hospital which was three times a week and yeah. that was a traumatic experience in itself so many people were dying around me so um, you know just in a yeah. world that was more important yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so th this is your second, pa you know, this is your second, oh, and our second pandemic. It is our know? second pandemic. It's a slightly different. Now the rest of the population is panicking. Yeah, because <laughs> oh my god, they're di dying in droves. Imagine, <laughs> and then, and imagine then. such a thing. <laughs> 
and 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 unfortunately we can't ignore them like they did us <laughs> or laugh laugh about them in in press conferences like or like, say um, horrible things about it you know yeah us. yeah no look have you noticed during lockdown that became horny i've been making, <laughs> doing a service it's, i was i've become really really horny during yeah, lockdown yeah oh my god I was wanking off once, twice, three times a day. Jesus, I was exhausted. Anyone who listened to the Quadrille Man the first time <laughs> knows that Sonny's conversation usually goes to like spurting bodily fluids. Filth! Somewhere. Filth! Spurting bodily fluids. Oh, Sonny. <laughs> oh, Sonny. Oh, Spurting Sonny. again. You gorgeous blonde, you. Oh, sorry, that was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, I'm not a very horny person generally, but I think because everything was taken away, then my visual horny cortex just went off the charts. Yeah. And so, and yeah, I think that, I think the imagination, because that's all I had, yeah. was was able to really kind of go crazy and, yeah. you know, and we've talked about masturbation a couple of times. Master. Between us, as friends do, talk about <laughs> masturbation sometimes, and um, sort of... Okay, oh, I've, I haven't done that for a while. I'm that kind of person. <laughs> well, I, I, I seem to regularly, I couldn't, um, you know, every day or every, you know, but uh, maybe every second day sometimes. Um, but now, and it's it's calmed down now a bit more because we're, we're more out there and stuff like that. And I, I've actually stayed so you away. You can do it. I've stayed away from my schmeckle for about four days. Is it crying? Is it like, is it got its face up against the glass? I'm not going to give you any more information, thank you very much, because we'll disturb <laughs> our phone. listeners. That's right, we have to put like a kind of warning. <laughs> Explicit and disturbing, disturbing content. We should do that, we should actually we should, do a anyway. warning in the beginning of it. Anyway, like the last one, we, kind of, we did, it was for adults only, we did put a warning here. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but um, I like how you were saying about cheering each other up because, I mean, we we definitely were... I mean, uh, you were definitely a great support for me when this first started and we were FaceTiming, FaceTiming to our faces all the, all the time. We got and, sick of each other, I know. We had nothing well, to say. Yeah. But I, I really appreciated it as well yeah. that, um, that you were doing it. We actually had a good laugh from it. I mean, yeah. In fact, communication between friends and family had increased. Um, and everyone, like basically everyone, people have been calling each other. Yeah. You know, using the telephone for something other than playing, you know, uh, butter, you know, butterflies and bedazzled on and stuff. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I was, I had a friend, uh, Felicia. Felicia was wasn't having a great time, and so I, um, I did something to um, cheer her up. I dragged up a toilet roll for her. <laughs> ah, yes, the toilet roll. The toilet roll. The Apparently, toilet. I read. That basically, our, our um, country is not in a depression because of the panic buying <laughs> in the supermarkets. Oh my God! Look at the It's a toilet roll with eyes and and oh my God! Look at that! That looks so gorgeous. I love it. This 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 listeners and and watchers is <laughs> this, <laughs> this is toiletta papier. <laughs> toiletta Paris papier. <laughs> Hello, I'm Toilette Papier. <laughs> I was in high demand. <laughs> she, was, she was in high demand. I was in high demand before lockdown, and and but not so much now. <laughs> Poor Toilette. <laughs> yes, she is an old bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to this toilet paper. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the kind of thing, you know, just to to because he gave me a toilet roll, and and then I just. We're on Zoom. I said, "We've got a special guest," and 
because we're in a nameless toilet. Uh, Lucius, I, I just wanted to ask, we wouldn't all very behave, not by stooping around, but um, um, there were others who were online all the time. Actually, I was online uh, mm. on those um, cruising apps. I went yeah. back on them. There was a lot of people who actually weren't going lockdown, actually yeah. paired up um, quite a lot. Do you, um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I had neighbours that, that, that weren't quarantining as well, that had main drug users that, that had people in and out and uh, all the time, but they got talked to. But I wondered with the, why is there not more COVID around? You know, like- Why are those clusters so, amongst the queer community? Yeah, that's right. I mean, cause that is so risky. I mean, we talked about meth in the last, in the first episode, quite a bit and we'll probably will be talking about it again in other episodes but in the gay community because it's such a huge huge problem yeah it's catnip for the gay community catnip yeah, yeah that's right so um yeah but it's it it's such a drug of of just losing control and losing reason that and that drive to have can, sex yeah. despite you know being sex being the most dangerous thing one can do in lockdown because you well, know? well, there's a few theories. One of them because they've been trialling this, um, some of the drugs which were they were trialling it in um, Australia, New Zealand, and China was ritonavir, an um, AIDS drug. Um, yes, yes. And that would make sense. It's a protease inhibitor. It him inhibits the reproduction of um, of the virus within the cells. Yeah, that's right. Now, um, so you never know. Maybe because um, as a HIV person um, yeah. myself who's on been on um, meds for a long time yeah, me and too. undetectable. Me too. Um, I possibly, I've become um, immune. I don't want to test it and I wouldn't no, recommend wouldn't anyone testing it. But it's very strange that the, there haven't been any clusters amongst yeah, the queer that's community interesting thought. since we're such horny fuckers. You know, this is one thing that I, I got caught on. You know, we've got the hand sanitizers. So oh, yeah. Strangely enough, I'm just pouring some now. That, sound, that sounds like... It sounds like lube, right? And I almost used it as lube, I mean, on my, on my schmeckle. That would sting your schmeckle. Yeah, it would definitely cleanse my schmeckle, that's for sure. Welcome back, everyone. We're, I'm going to now talk about queer history, and this, this is our story. Oh, I love queer history. It's really important. So there's some very quirky stuff that has happened. I mean, we'll do a lot... In, in Quampy Old Men over the upcoming months. And oh, great. So you're going to have these moments of queer history. I yes. love that. It's so important because I think queer history didn't start when suddenly the gay no. liberation movement happened. No, no. It's not when suddenly the straight people were conscious of it. No. You know. It was quite suppressed, you know. It's always been there. <laughs> Forever. Not, and not very well reported, but I'll be going all... Um, in all aspects of his, in all times in history. But today I want to talk about female pirates. Yay! Lesbian pirates. <gasps> Fantastic. I, I want to tell you about Mary Reed and, and Anne Bonny. Oh God, great name, Mary, yeah, they were, they, were two, they were two pirates who existed in the golden age of piracy, which was in the, in the sort of, in the early 18th century, about, about sort of the late sort of, or early 17, 1700s. Oh, yeah. And uh, they only operated for about five years, but they, because women were, weren't allowed to go on pirate ships. Well, they weren't allowed to go on ships, period, because women were considered bad luck. So they were not so often, so that's, that's one of the reasons that, that women dragged up, because they, they weren't allowed oh, as women oh. anyway. To, to be on board and and also of course to to emancipate themselves so they could to actually 
in in such a misogynistic oppressive time that they could they could do what they want and what they wanted to do was to to be bloodthirsty thirsty pirates and terrorize the seven seas of course yeah <laughs> and look i suspect basically that um this um you know women was bad luck on ships had a duality so one side it was oh we can escape women and stoop each other on ships oh, and like the other yes I love that because idea. i mean what's what what's what they did i think it was an accepted it's been always accepted in the navy but no one speaks about it yeah that yeah. you know you can able express yourself sexually if there's no women around i've never even thought and about if that women aspect. are around it is bad luck why because if there's one woman around they'll start competing with each other and they'll start cutting each other's throat they were the straight guys Right. right. Of course, the queers. I mean, they don't care. They'll be stripping each care. other, or you know, all through the night, you know, in their hammocks. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, back to you. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Mary Reed, Mary Reed, and Anne Bonny. Mary Reed was the wife, um, eventual wife of Jack Rackham, who was this notorious pirate. And when um, and Anne Bonny came on the ship in drag as well, and and they were they were going to confront each other and they didn't know that each other were mate, were actually women and they, they actually had an attraction for each other allegedly it's very kind of hidden like there's not much evidence around but there's enough evidence to say that I've read that, that they actually were lovers fantastic and, yeah so they they revealed to, to each other and, and Jack Rackham got, got jealous of this this other man this this other man and so Anne Bonnie had to reveal herself so she didn't get killed yeah by Jack Rackham so they had this they ended up having this weird three a menage trois trois on the on the seven seas oh my goodness how modern yeah they were they were very modern when people i mean we're unfettered really like we just pretty much do what we can do what we want until we can't you know like it's sort of there's no real rules yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean we are sexual beings an animal yeah they were interesting in the fact that they they were real pirates these women that's what was interesting about it for me when i was looking at this is that they were extremely bloodthirsty they were very aggressive and there's pictograms of them stabbing other pirates and but when they were captured they were captured by pirate hunter when they were captured there's a night of huge drinking they must have got a good booty or something like that and everyone loves a good booty but they were they must have got a good good prize and so they all having a drink and the men got so sloshed that they couldn't defend when when they were invaded by the pirate hunters ah and so so and so mary and anne came up up to deck to defend the pirate ship with one other person one unnamed male and they defended they were shouting down to the other pirates to help them including jack rackham mm. and um and they were they were useless They're and so drunk. so so mary fired down and killed one of them <laughs> and and she was just so horrified from what they did they're all caught and when they were in in court itself to save themselves they revealed themselves as women mm. and that they said they were of the valley so they said they were both pregnant whether they were or not is not <laughs> is not sort of known but um, the ending line for, for Mary Reed was she, she said to Jack Rackham, it says, uh, Jack Rackham was scheduled to be ex- executed by hanging on November 18th, and he wanted to see, see Anne. Oh, Anne said this actually. She said, if you had fought like a man, you would need not have been hanged like a dog. Yeah, she wasn't having it. So it's, it's really interesting to me just their courage i mean and they were criminals of course but oh, they were murderers or cut they're murderers yeah but it's yeah just such an interesting kind of byproduct of their time like forced into 
into this kind of life because you know what did, what what lives did women of the 18th century early 18th century have but but of of oppression and and just servitude servitude and you know pretty much slavery yeah yeah and being queer women um, as well I think um, being queer um, then mm. um, was suppressed incredibly thanks to the um, religious institutes um, institutions of the day um, so it's not hard to imagine that um, you would become a, um, a criminal I mean you're treated in, and as a criminal as a queer person anyway um, an other a um, an outsider a freak crazy so basically uh, I think that's seemed to be a natural progression and if I was a lesbian um, woman at that time I would definitely um, consider um, being a pirate uh, <laughs> a cut I'm not sure whether I'm capable of cutthroating anyone but um okay yeah look at yeah I'll do knows? anything for love <laughs> well that's it I think they I think they did you know or they just I think they just enjoyed their freedom like they had freedom and they wanted to they wanted money and they wanted it was, know, real it, it was, was real freedom. It was freedom, real freedom, you know, and it was it was one of the few liberties that could be had in that time. They didn't um, hide their breasts too well because that's actually one of the how they got caught was the woman who they terrorised had reported Mary because of her huge breasts. Yeah, look, I, I'm sort of not sure about this because I I think it's been a bit mansplained. You know, I think it's as usual. Of, you know, yeah. Or the See, they look like that. She looks like a woman to me, but. I think, yeah, I think it's sort of like that, that idea of, like all women pirates, uh, a lot of women pirates in uh, cartoons and like the Phantom and things are shown with, with breasts, breasts hanging out. So yeah, I think it's all a bit, you know, a bit of misogyny. So And maybe, you know, there were more um, women pirates. There were um, lots of women pirates. There were not lots, the but there were a few. These are the queer ones that you can find. They were right? the queer, these were the, these are the most famous queer pirates. Okay. That all the, the, the ones that supposedly in a lesbian relationship and, and, a, and a heterosexual relationship at the same time. So it was all, it was all happening. So welcome back to Quampy Old Men. That's us. The yes. Monsters are here. Lockdown edition. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So, um, look, I, I think we're going to be talking about the 1970s. We remember the 1970s. We remember it very well. Because we are quampy. <laughs> old. We are. Old. That's it. Well, anyone in their 50s like us remembers the, the 70s and 80s, but we'll get to that another time. But Definitely. 70s. It's very so important little time. We were all little gaylings. We were cute little gaylings in, yes. the, in the 70s. I was, yeah, I was a little gayling, and so were you. I was. Yeah, so I was, um, I was a gayling from 1974 to 1980 in Tel Aviv. In Tel Aviv, Israel. Yeah. That's right. So it was a different experience in the 1970s compared to... I guess where were you? I've been thinking about this. I wasn't. I wasn't Warnable. Warnable. Oh, that sounds really exotic. <laughs> Warnable. So where's it may that? Which sound co- exotic? Which country is that? It is Uranus. Believe me, it's on the coast. It's a country town in Victor- Victoria. It's oh. um, the uh, Prince family actually ha- helped found the town. <laughs> really? Weirdly, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's excellent. So that's why we moved there. Wow. That's why we moved there, but Fantastic. in some weird way. But, Was it yeah. pretty? No, it's not pretty. It's just it's very 
sea ravaged. Like it's one of those towns that, that the sea the sea rules pretty much. You can tell that it's it's so, very wild coastline. It might be presumptuous of me, but does that mean also the locals were quite ravaged as well? <laughs> they were, and they they did they were ravaged and in doing a lot of lots of ravaging, especially oh. to my brain pan. It wasn't it wasn't like the country is not, in my opinion often a, a great place for for a young gay person to be yeah i don't i only assume because i'm i'm an urban um person um but well, the country is not a safe place yeah, yeah i mean i don't think the city is a safe place for no 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 queer as well, well depending where you are yeah that's right because i lived i think i was a little bit older in like early 80s when we moved uh back you know to to melbourne but if in that period yeah so there was about about sort of we're there for three years and it was it was enough. Doctor Who got me through. That's the only thing that got me through was the fourth Doctor of Doctor Who. So, okay. But tell me about Aviv. Tell me about your those years that you were there as a young little gayling. Well, when the Inkerman family moved um, to Tel Aviv in 1974, of course, I'm, you know, I was only eight years old, so mm. sexuality didn't really enter my mind. Um, but it didn't. No, uh, but I think by the time I was ten in school, I was my, I had my first crush, and it was with a twin guy, two guys, or twins. Oh right. Yeah, they had really nice bodies. I remember, and they were really serious. For something I have, I, my heart melts for guys who are got this serious. You do face. like serious. You do. I do. You do like serious it's like charming. Save me. Save me, serious man. <laughs> as long as the serious, what serious ones that crush you under the, the hooves of their of their steeds. Yeah, and, and they might be serious. sociopaths as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> chances yeah. are I will be attracted to a sociopath, and that goes harks back to other family members. Um, yeah. So yeah. So so I I had two crushes. The second crush was um, when my father had a yacht in the marina i um he had a yacht that was moored in the marina and i and when he was back in he left us um in in israel with no language no money no nothing when he, and he eventually he started coming back and he he had a yacht in, in this marina in tel aviv and i um there was this particular guy a blonde guy i'm sure he wasn't um israeli but he was he looked Speaking of pirates, he had these bow legs, right? Oh, right. And I'm sitting on the yacht, you know, for no reason at all because I'm a teenager and all angsty, staring at this bow-legged, hot, blonde kind of, you know, weather-worn. He must have been in his 20s or something, but I had the biggest crush on him. I I had fantasies about him being in a lineup of men and I could choose... Which one? But I always chose him, the guy with the bow legs. So that was my two fantasies. So yeah, yeah tell me about the seventies. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. The twins. I can't remember their names. It was too long ago. And I'm sure that was when I was ten. My fantasies were very TV driven. Like I have I'm obsessed with Charlie's Angels. <laughs> and I thought I was in love with um Cheryl Ladd. Oh I really? Thought, uh, I was in love with Cheryl Ladd. Yeah. But um obviously I think I was just thinking in retrospect, I was attracted to her glamour, I think. <laughs> yes. And all of their glamour with the big hair and everything. But, yep. um, yeah, so, but who, who, first made, who first made you gay? Well, I, in... I, I made me gay. <laughs> my was... brain made me gay. <laughs> well, but... my brain made me... Well, that's right, my brain and genetics made me... Exactly. But, but which, which celebrities sort of... 
It's uh, a well, fan that flame, the flame of the flamer within. Well, I was a big fan of Steve Austin. Um, Steve the Austin, six million dollar man, because he always ran with his shirt. He always ran with his shirt open. He did, he, and he had a hairy chest. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's masturbation music. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they, they rebuilt him just for you. But also, the, you know, you remember the Gibbs, um, Andy Gibbs. Really? Oh, right. <laughs> uh, when he came out, oh, he's hot. You know, I thought of that. He, well, I got excited by that. They all had open shirt and they had all had hairy chairs. Oh, my God. And the hot pants. Hot pants. So oh, God. Cool. We had tourists in Israel that came from Sweden. For some reason, the Swedes, they would walk around with these, you know, their jeans had been cut into hot pants. You practically can see the balls. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, it went up so what, hot, blonde, of what, what course. What hope did you have? You know, <laughs> I like, no you hope. had no hope of, of a, you know, escaping hormonalism. Look, I basically, I think, in comparison, Israel is a very macho, Mediterranean macho, macho society, right, and right. there was homophobia, constant homophobia. I was yeah. always in fear of coming out there. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I would have been liberated, I felt liberated enough to come out as I did in Australia. But now it's very different. Like I, when I Googled <laughs> Tel Aviv Pride, it was sort of like thousands of people, like a huge. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big difference between the 1970s, the homophobia. I mean, you weren't allowed to go to the army, of course. I think my stepbrother, my oldest stepbrother basically tried to get out of the army and he said he was gay and that Right. Kind of worked at the time, but it doesn't work anymore. So in those times, there was—I mean, God knows if you're um, queer, but that—that that oppression still exists. Because I went to visit, I remember four or five years ago. It was a real turn-off, and I—I I, I met someone through an app. Um, it's a uh, sweet guy, and he was studying medicine, but in Switzerland because yeah. he could be out there. Mm. He couldn't be out in front of his parents. His parents were um, would have disowned him. Mm. Um, and so that, that occurs all over the world, but the, I think it's more intense there. There's more religious yeah. indoctrination there in some quarters yeah. compared to, um, to well, it's there in Australia as well. What's your experience in regards to you? I mean, you said only three years um, in Warrnambool. Yeah, Warrnambool was pretty, Warrnambool was pretty homophobic, like uh, the country generally can be quite homophobic, even now when I'm or in my dad's country town where he ended up living I sort of don't really out myself that much you know like I mean not that I really hide but I I'm, you know I'm just sort of oh you know I just don't really say you know but but um it was uh yeah I mean there was a lot of football they were so football obsessed and it was like and it was compulsory that you you back for someone yeah and I'm not into football and um, give me Doctor Who and Simon any day <laughs> you know and uh, things are science fiction but yeah. but uh, no and so that was really that was really full-on and so I had to say you know St Kilda and you know but it was just you know it was a very kind of you know young patriarchal you know thing and 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 kids you know boys and they still do it today to a degree they they police they were policing the sexuality they were policing you know people that 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 seemed feminine in, in inverted commas were were you know poofters and there's well, a lot of poofter i think that was pretty much um everywhere in society in our yeah. in our society in australia in israel in the 1970s mm. we were not safe that's no. definitely we were not legi- we not e- we were not even legal 
No, not till well, not till nineteen ninety five. That's right. So we were criminals. Yeah. We were diseased, as in diseased in the mind, because mm. AIDS hadn't um, really ugly, reared its ugly head yet. I mean, in the late eighty three. Yeah, yeah. So in the seventy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were we were all wrong, and we were in other, and we kept on being reminded by it because homophobia was constantly. Aimed. So, hey, youngins who are listening to this, just try and imagine being someone yeah. who is constantly reminded that you're hated, and that you um, and that you you're diseased in the mind, that yeah. there's something wrong with you, etc., etc. Et every day, side. practically, sometimes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Now, I mean, thank goodness, you know, we live in societies. It's also in television and mm. and here in Australia, where we've become the part of the mainstream. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. But there was another side to it back then too. It wasn't we were we were either hated hated and and policed and oppressed, but also we were like invisible too. Yeah. We started to become visible thanks thank yeah, you to yeah. the Stonewall and stuff Seven, like that. Seventy eighters, like yeah. seventy eight I mean we weren't aware of this when we I wasn't aware of this when I was a kid. It you know, starting in seventy eight in 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 uh, Sydney. Yeah, well, that that was but a riot. That was a riot. Yeah. That was a, that was a, a, a protest that turned into a riot. Into violent riot. And it was violent riot. So into the Darlinghurst Police Station, um, a lot of the um, gays and lesbians they were beaten. Um, yeah, in, in the right. cells. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was different times. I think everyone is aware of that. Look, I mean, basically, that is when I actually had a realization that I was gay was was in the seventies. Mm. Um, for me, yeah. Um, I remember exactly what. Um, oh, really? Tell yeah, me. The moment of, um, okay, so Mum uh, had started going to AA. I used to come with her to AA to sit there and watch because um, I was fascinated. I'm yeah. Always, you know, you know, hungry for more new experiences, and this was watching, you know, them talk in AA and and so I'm, I'm quite actually quite knowledgeable about AA. But sometimes there were closed ones, right? They usually met in the in shelters because there were apartment buildings in Tel Aviv, a lot of them. And mm. below is the shelters, the bomb shelters. Oh, so right. they they'd meet usually there or they'd meet in um in the apartments. And so this time they were meeting in a bomb shelter in this um in this person's place whose name I think was Damien. And so mum asked Damien if, if I could just um, wait for her, um, her at, in Damien's place. And, I, and she, he said yes. I think it was about 11 or 12. I think maybe 12. Anyway, so um, of course being 11 or 12, you know, and I'm alone in some stranger's house, I basically searched all the drawers. You know, I was bored of the television. Oh, fantastic. And I found a magazine that was a gay magazine. It was soft porn. And I opened up and there was these beautiful hot men that were half undressed or, you know, their asses. And it was like before and then after. It was the turning point, the tipping wow. point. It so was black and white and then it was psychedelia colour. So it wasn't the Steve feelings. Austin that turned you gay. It no, was it wasn't. I wasn't turned gay. There's no such thing as get being turned gay. No, no, I'm just being silly. But... but yeah, I mean, basically it was kind of a discovery of something new. And it yeah. was... Yeah. Couldn't believe the colour and the rainbow suddenly coming out of my head as soon as I looked at those um, magazines. Yeah. And that night I was in the car and, and, and spoke to mum and I said, Mum, it was that night we were driving back home. I said, Mum, what's gay? And she went, Oh, darling, well, that's when a man um, loves a man. I mean, that's absolutely normal. Wow. That's just one. Love is love. Wow. But there was always the assumption that gay men would end up being lonely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And and my mum had a similar, you know, had definitely had the same. I think she said that to me as well. But 
the first time I, I realised of being gay was it's five, and and I t I told my mum that I was in love with a boy in class, so this would have been you know this would have been uh, very early seventies probably. 72, mm -hmm. 72 or 73, yeah. and uh, and she was horrified. She was just like, "Oh, you can't do that." Yeah, you know, you can't, you can't. And I was just like really confused about. It. I was like, because it was just normal to me, of course. And, yeah, and yeah, and so so that's sort of when I realised that. Then I saw that oh, this was forbidden. This was not, you know, forced so into the closet of five years old. There were so many reminders you that know. was forbidden everywhere, left, right, and centre in the media, the way they were, we were portrayed as well, even in. In dramas or shows, there were always yeah. the evil one. Even Doctor Smith. I mean, that was the spectacle. <laughs> Even though we Smith, loved yeah. in Lost in Space, that we we actually we love Doctor Smith. But it's I mean, Dr. if you look yeah. at it now and go, oh my god. Yeah, but um, but the music was pretty good. You, the, the music. music. Was... Well, the thing, the song that I remember because it was Casey Kasem's American Top oh, Party. Yes, yes. But the one that I remember that was was um, ah. Love to love you, baby. Yeah, with Donna Summer having like an oh, orgasm on there. Love to love you, yeah, baby. Yeah, she was having a good old time. Oh, 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 oh. So it was very sexualized in the 70s. Yeah. It was very, very sexualized time, that's definitely. Before the AIDS um, pandemic hit yeah, us. But she, yeah, she, and she, she actually was, she, was, she said some really homophobic things later. And then and the gay community were like, excuse me, excuse yeah, us. We're your fans. We're buying your music. And she's like, oh, I better not say that anymore. Yeah. Or, and again, religion rears its ugly head. Religion rears its ugly head. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, the music was cool. It was sort of had a really, like, the 70s were really last year, last decade that was kind of unaffected. You know, there wasn't there wasn't as much muscle, there wasn't as much me media was a bit different, it was all soft lenses and people had hairy armpits and long hair and sort of different chevelled hair moustaches. and moustaches and hairy chests poking out. So it wasn't there was no sort of clipping or yeah. or um it was you know, post it was kind of post the hippie era era to the disco era. Yeah, the hippie the hippiness was still I remember it. It was yeah. still around. It yeah. was in especially in Australia it was still around. I don't know about Israel but yeah. and the the fantastic fabrics with all the paisleys and everything that was all, all yeah. you know quite beautiful. But a lot of brown. A lot of brown and orange. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot in, of beige um, and you know your brain, your beige brown the and flares. The, the flares, yeah. The yeah. platform shoes. Yeah, oh yeah. wow, those platform. Oh my god, those but you know, I was voted the best disco dancer in in, in the Were school. You? Yeah. I think disco was really roaring its head and I, I knew how to um to move my pelvis around um, oh, there you go. a bit more and knew how to disco dance and yeah. Definitely think mm. that the 70s well, is you a know, warmer colour temperature. Well, we can, you know, we can do the 80s at once because we're in our 20s, so watch out. Oh my god, the 80s. Oh my god. <laughs> this is when I became a slut. <laughs> okay, speaking of um, the 70s um, and where we are now in lockdown, for some reason in my mind, I, I can't think lockdown. I mean, guy, that's a great name for a porn film lockdown right <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of porn porn oh my god lockdown. but 70s just imagine okay i'm switching on the 70s music now can you hear it yes <laughs> okay so <laughs> lockdown no, no i should start like this hold on there's a knock on your doorbell who's <gasps> there you I'm open the lockdown. door open. you see through the wire screen the pizza delivery boy <laughs> oh my god he's hot He's got a trickle of sweat going down his neck. Oh, where's it going? Along to his 
slightly hairy chest. Oh. He says, pizza delivery. And I'm going, oh my God, what am I gonna do? I'm so hungry. Shall I open the screen door and feast? Or should I just Live. take it off him? 